Hi everyone, it's Vicki and I want to take this opportunity to give my personal testimony about using the relief salve from Opulent Organics. It eliminates my aching knee joints, discomfort, inflammation, and soreness after a hard workout. I have always had pain in my knees resulting from previous injuries and I don't smell like a medicine cabinet when I'm working out with others. The relief salve is made from beeswax, lavender, and eucalyptus oils. Their products are lab tested for purity and potency from independent third-party labs and Opulent Organics provides full transparency of their research to the consumer. Another important factor about using Opulent Organics, all of their products are THC free. So visit www.opulentorganics.com and use the discount code EXCUSEME20 on your order today. Be well, everyone. And Fanny broke up with me on Instagram. So I, I said, EXCUSE ME! She's pro wrestling's queen of mean, but behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences from no holds barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A-list superstars. The real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! Thanks, everyone, for joining us once again this week for the Excuse Me podcast. We are so honored and excited and happy and blessed that all of you are just showing us a great following and support for our podcast. On behalf of my co-host, Jerry Strauss, and myself, we are having a great time bringing you awesome episodes from our wonderful guests um, who are celebrities, musicians, dance groups, politicians, activists and of course, the professional wrestling industry. We would like for you to please subscribe, like, comment when you download our show, which can be found on Google, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or any other platform that you call your favorite. We are also asking if you want to send us a direct message, a comment, a like, Whatever it is you want to tell us, please email the podcast at excusemevicky at outlook.com. And guys, we just appreciate all your comments and just everything that y'all are submitting. We are growing and learning week after week, and we're just getting better and better. And I just want to say thank you to all of you for just being so great and supporting me. Now, it is time for our guest that is from AEW, All Elite Wrestling. He is one of the newest superstars that has uh, joined the roster. Mr. Lance Archer, who is going against Cody Rhodes at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view on Saturday, May 23rd. Guys, he is just awesome. He's amazing. This interview is going to be so entertaining for y'all. And he's not only a great wrestling uh, superstar, but he is also my special friend. All right, guys, let's take it away to the episode, Mr. Lance Archer. All right, everyone, it's the Excuse Me podcast. And I am so honored this week to have such a special friend of mine that I've known for years, Mr. Lance Archer. How are you, Lance? I'm good, and the honor's all mine. Oh my gosh, I'm last time I saw you was backstage at the AEW show in Dallas and yeah. I had no idea you were signing on and I'm 
when I heard that you signed on, I'm so proud of you. Thank you much. The crazy thing is in Dallas, that wasn't even, that wasn't even a, a thought at the moment. It was just, I was there to see friends and, and hang out and chill because everybody was in my backyard. Actually, that was the night that everything kind of started to spitball. That's great. You know, I was there uh, for another meeting and Brandy's like, you know, you want to do some commentating? And it's, it's what a great surprise. I mean, to see so many of our friends backstage and to be able right. to hug everyone and just see everyone and see how it all evolved for you. Right. And what a blessing for you. I'm so oh, happy beyond. for you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, so you're one of the, the newest uh, superstars for All Elite Wrestling. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason we're having you on today is because you have a big show on May 23rd. Yep. Double or Nothing pay-per-view. How's, yep. how's that feel for you? Yeah, it's, it's a crazy whirlwind of events that have kind of come to fruition with this whole Double or Nothing. And, you know, this last year in, in the business of professional wrestling, after being in the business, you know, coming up on 20 years in July, um, it's been the craziest, coolest, most successful, most attention that I've ever received in my time in the business. And I've been lucky enough, you know, like you said, we've known each other for a long time when we both worked for the company up north. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's one of those things where I've, I've had a lot of amazing opportunities. I've done a lot of amazing, cool stuff. But it's like this last year, uh, the position and spotlight and opportunities that have come about leading into now with AEW and now coming into Double or Nothing on the 23rd. It, it's been crazy cool, and I'm just happy and excited, and I'm eager for more. You know, so you have a quite the, the wrestling career history. You were in a TNA, and the most, the most important one that I just am so, so honored to, have, to watch you is the New Japan Pro Wrestling. You have quite the following over there. Yeah, I, luckily I got in in Japan in 2011, like I said, right after I left that company up north. Um, and then, you know, I, I've had, I had a good career there. You know, uh, it changed my mindset. It changed my approach. It changed my personality. It changed pretty much everything about me and kind of helped create the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer that everyone's seeing on AEW right now. You know, and that's something that's very interesting because when Eddie was wrestling in New Japan, he said he grew into this other, you just keep evolving to something that you never knew was there. And he loved New Japan so much because the discipline, the, the fans, is just a different concept than it is in the States. Right. Um, and, and it seemed like you just, I, I see your videos on Instagram and you're, you're very fluent in Japan and Japanese, correct? Uh, not fluent, but uh, I speak a little bit of Japanese. Uh, so I've got a little bit of Japanese, a little bit of Spanish and, and horrible English. So, <laughs> you know, and I, I even sent you a comment. I know you like spicy food and I'm going to send you some salsa because I was, I'm, I, I was thinking about you this morning because I, I, I ran out of my, my paste picante and then I, I switched over to this one that said, you know, it was extra hot with some habanero and I'm absolutely disappointed because it's not spicy at all. Pace picante? I mean, that's like an insult to the Mexican people. <laughs> well, I apologize. <laughs> well, we'll have to. I'll have to get your address, and I'm going to send you some because I make a mean salsa where the next morning you will be thinking about me. How's that? 
No, that, that's when I have it. I have it on my, my huevos rancheros in the morning. Oh, so. man. I, I make some eggs and tortilla for my family, and we'll get the corn tortilla and put the eggs and cheese, and then we'll put the salsa. And everyone that comes and visits is like, can you make eggs and tortilla for us? I'm like, sure. Because <laughs> you know? when Eddie you know, was alive, I used to make him like 12 eggs. So it was like three plates of like corn tortillas and eggs just spread out on the table for him. And, that was, <laughs> you know, he had, he had a lot of eggs for his diet. So um, when I, I hear about guys that have like the egg diet, I just think it's salsa. <laughs> it's yeah, nice I'm, I'm trying to avoid the tortillas going into the pay-per-view, but after the pay-per-view, I might, I might indulge. <laughs> so we have quite the following of my followers asking a lot of questions and we can only select a few and we'll get to those in a minute. Okay. But let's, let's talk about this ride you have in AEW because okay. I mean, as soon as you, you went to AEW and, it, and you had your first appearance, things took off pretty quick for you. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's been a cool thing because you know, it, it's been more of a slow burn um, now that everything's picked up steam and we've gotten into the tournament and we're going into the pay-per-view, you know, it's going full tilt right now. But, you know, um, in this business, you've been around it, you know it, you've seen it, you know, a lot of times with debuts, and especially nowadays, people expect that big bang to start everything off. And the way we did it at AEW, it was a slow burn. It was, Jake came out and said he had a client, and then Jake and I appeared in Salt Lake, and we just, we just walked out by the ring and chilled and, you know, watched <laughs> things. We didn't, we didn't have to attack anyone, we didn't have to do anything crazy right then and there, and then. You know, they, we did a, they did a really cool vignette where I just basically kicked everybody's ass in a field in a ring and, you know, kind of helping establish, you know, what I was going to be about in an AEW, you know, and then finally had my first match where, you know, I just absolutely destroyed Marco Stunt. Although I have to give Marco some credit. He's a tough little son of a gun because he keeps coming back and it, he just keeps stepping up to the plate with all the monsters in AEW from myself to, to Brody and then Wardlow, you know, decided to yeah. crash him against the rail the other day. He ain't dead yet, that little tough son of a gun. You know, I, I felt bad for him when you had your hands on him. I was like, he was like a rag doll. And I was, I love Marco. I mean, I just think he's such a <laughs> sweet guy. And I was like, come on, Lance, give him a little bit of love. No, <laughs> hell no, hell no. Especially my debut, no, hell no. So let's, let's talk about you being teamed up with the legend, Jake the Snake Roberts. What an honor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, did you ever think, have you met him before AEW? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've known Jake for many years now. And, you know, I've seen the good Jake and I've unfortunately seen the bad Jake. And it's really cool right now to see a good Jake. And I think this is, I think this pairing has done more than I think everyone expected, myself included, maybe Jake included, but the fact that it's doing so well, I think it's giving him a good focus to help keep yeah. himself on that right path because he's had his dark times and he's yeah. working really hard. You know, DDP's helped him out tremendously over the last few years, and, but it still just, it comes down to the person and he has to make those right choices. And I think he is right now making those right choices because He's enjoying what's going on, you know, being around the business again, yes, but being a part of this duo, you know, him and I are kind of a yin and yang. He's the cool, cunning snake in the grass, say the cool things, and I'm the guy that comes out and kicks your teeth down your throat and sticks your head up your ass. Yeah. And it's a fun combination, <laughs> and I think for him, you know, it, it's helped him tremendously in that. And then when you talk about the pairing of Jake and I and, and talking about the fact that I was in Japan for – almost 10 years, um, you know, off of the U.S. market and out of the, 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 
visual range of most U.S. fans. You know, the hardcore fans of AEW in the business, and especially these days, um, they have watched New Japan and, and what's been going on, especially in the last couple of years. But there's still a majority of fans who, who really just watched U.S. market TV. You know, what, what's on TV is what they saw and knew. Um, and most of those people absolutely know who Jake the Snake Roberts is, the Hall of Famer, the legend that he is. So for me, returning to the U.S. market, it was a great pairing because now people, like I said, when Jake came out and said he had a client, everybody's paying attention. When Jake and I walked out, you know, for the people who knew who I was, like, oh, crap, that's Lance Archer. For the people who no clue who I was, they were like, okay, who's this big-ass dude with uh, Jake the Snake? So him, him gave me – Am I saying this correctly? He gave me some legitimacy on the U.S. wrestling market scene that I needed. Um, so to be paired with him was an absolute honor, and he's a legend, and he's only helped this pro process of you know telling people and showing people and helping people understand who the murder hawk monster, which is <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing to say, but it's fun to say, uh, Lance Archer, and who I am and what I'm about. You know, and and seeing you and Jake together, it really balance as well because Jake's the mouth of everything and you're the actions you know and right. um so last week on AEW uh Jake brought out the snake are, are you afraid of snakes because you didn't get by Brandy at all with that snake I saw you kind of keep two or three steps back <laughs> no 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 it, it, I was just there watching and kind of in in awe because you know I've I've obviously like everybody else seen Jake do that and hell you know, uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania three was on the other night and he threw it on Jimmy Hart who just about lost his mind. And, you know, uh, to, to be right there, right in that moment to watch Jake, the snake Roberts put a snake on somebody. Um, it was a really fun, cool experience. And it wasn't a situation where I didn't want to touch the snake or be around the snake. It was just, that's Jake. That's Jake's thing. My thing, like I said, is, is getting in the ring and kicking your teeth down your throat. Whereas his thing is, is the, the mind games and messing with you yeah. and putting the snake on you. So yeah, I was right there watching it, but you know, that wasn't, that was, that was Jake. That wasn't me. I'm sure you're glad that that's not your job as well. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, if necessary, I'll go find my own Damien and, and, and do what I got to do. <laughs> oh, you know, and I have to give props to Brandy because she was cool and collected. I, I don't think I could have, uh, regardless if I was knocked out or not. I mean, having that cold <laughs> thing slither, even if I see a baby snake when I'm walking my dogs, I like jump like 10 feet high in the air because I don't like snakes. I, I, I despise here, here, them. Here, here's a fun story. So I was, I was living in Florida way back in, this was 2009 or whatever. And uh, Christian, Jay, um, he's on the road and, uh, you know, we're, we're cool and all. And I know him, I know his wife and whatnot. And he calls me randomly and I'm, I don't get phone calls from Christian. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And he's like, hey, dog, what are you doing? And I was like, nah, just at the house chilling. And he goes, hey, can you go to my house real fast? And I was like, yeah, sure, man. Why? What's up? And he goes, so there's a snake in the pool. And, and I apologize. I don't remember Jay's wife's name, but, you know, she's, she's a sweetheart. Um, she's afraid of snakes. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I got you. So I drove over to their house, which wasn't very far. Um, I got there and she's like, yeah, thank you for coming. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to call, like, you know. The, the, the pet people, <laughs> the wildlife, you know, come get the snake. So I'm preparing for like some monster like boa or something to just be out by the pool or in the pool. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get this thing and whatnot? And she goes, yeah, it's in the pool. And I go, okay, cool. Show it to me. I walk out there and it is maybe 
maybe a four or five inch little tiny guard snake. And I was like, oh, I was like, do you have like a, a pitcher, a tea pitcher? And she's like, yeah. So I literally got the tea pitcher, scooped it out of the pool, threw it out into the, because the, they had the pond behind them. <laughs> so oh my gosh i saved her life i saved her life and i called jay and i was like i saved your wife's life and he's like i appreciate it it's like it was about a four inches of fury brother and he's just laughing so oh it, was, it was pretty God. cool it was i would have probably done the same thing too <laughs> <laughs> so um speaking about you know with you and jake working together okay how did you really feel about the promo he did this past wednesday on AEW, which was uh you know may may 13th um, right. I mean, you know, as a woman, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I'm a heel. I mean, I, I, I'm all heel, you know, I, I'm rooting for you guys. Right. But you know, when Jake starts talking about that the woman's place is in the home and, <laughs> and, and, the, and the man will decide when it's time for him to feel warm from a woman. I'm just right. sitting there going like, you SOB, <laughs> you know, you're cutting a fine line with me, Jake, you know, just right. like. You know, but what, what a, he's such a great um, creator in his promos. And I know right. AEW doesn't use, you know, scripts, so to speak, how we had to back then. Right. But, I mean, the, the fury of, of me as a woman and right. looking at you that I love to death and I love Jake because I've worked <laughs> with him before. I'm just like, that's a little close to home. But what a great promo because it just hit home straight to Brandy and everything that just evolved from these last two weeks. How did you, right. you're a gentleman. I mean, you are. <laughs> in, in the ring, I'm not so nice. And that's kind of the, <laughs> that's, that's the fun duality. You know, I, I have a very strong faith in God and, and people sometimes ask me, like, how, how do you, how do you be this really bad guy that you are in the ring? but your, your faith, and I'm not shy about it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. Please don't think that I'm coming off as some holier than thou, because that's why I need Jesus, because I am not perfect. Amen, um, But it's one of those things. It's a duality. I always tell people, usually, you know, Henry Cavill, do you believe Henry Cavill is actually Superman? Because, the, you know, if you do, uh, you know. Yeah. But, so, but as far as the promo is concerned, like you said, you're a heel at heart. You're a bad girl. You, you cut your own promos and try to cut deep on people's emotions. And that's what Jake was doing. And I think in this day and age of professional wrestling, which is, you know, it, you're obviously dealing, dealing with 2020. You're dealing with a, a time in the world where people are very sensitive to people's emotions and their mental states and things of that nature. And that's good. That's absolutely what we should be doing. But the fun duality that is professional wrestling is being able to cross those lines and have some fun and draw those emotions out. So like you said, as a woman, you went, that son of a, and, and you hated it, but you loved it because you appreciated what it was doing. And I think if people can step back and that was the whole point of, you know, saying my duality in life and wrestling, um, if you can step back and see that and enjoy that and not take it so, serious but but draw off those let let those emotions come out let you think that's son of a and then but then enjoy it because it made you want to pay attention to what he's saying and doing it wasn't something you just threw off and said ah eh, you know he cut another promo ah yeah they're gonna kick Cody's ass yeah booty doo da you were like uh-uh he did not just say that yeah, and I'm, now, like, I'm gonna talk to Lance on Friday. I am gonna speak my mind. <laughs> and damn right you're doing it. But that's that's the point. You know, it's one of those things where it was a promo, 
that is making you question me and the whole situation. It wasn't a promo that you've forgotten about. Yeah. And, and you won't. And that's what Jake does so well. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> what's my personal feeling on it? Hey, I was waiting for Cody so I could kick his ass. So that, that, <laughs> that's my feeling. That's where I'll go with that one. But you know what? You know, it's funny about, you know, us having faith and being a celebrity on TV and people only see the TV side of us. Right. Um, you know, back then when I was, you know, doing my run with the company up north, uh, I would go to church on Sunday yeah. and, and people would look at me like, what the hell is she doing here? You that know, evil like, queen is here. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I'd be singing and clapping to the music and like, you know, you know, just enjoying myself. And I'd go to Sunday school and they're like, you love God? You know, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, I go, you know, and you have to teach these people, you know, that there's a, there's a, a character and then there's right. the real me and at right. home and outside out, on the other side of the camera, I'm just a mom that right. loves and I'm just trying to do the right thing day after day, you know, and, yeah. and my joy on Sunday mornings is to go to church, but come Monday, I mean, that red light turns on, I'm the bitch that you're waiting to see, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm ready to turn the audience from, you know, from one to 10, you know, and that was, that right. was my job. And so it's, it's really funny how people have a perception that, yeah. you know, it's, uh, oh, you can't love God. Like, there's no way she loves God, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. It's crazy to me, and I love it, but sometimes I, I'm like, guys, come on, um, is the fact that pro wrestling, and it doesn't matter what genre, generation, age that you're talking about, people blend those lines much more than they do in any other form of entertainment. You know, like I said, the Henry Cavill Superman thing, nobody really <laughs> thinks that Henry Cavill Superman, nobody really thinks that. You know, maybe kids, you know, get more into it. And that's even more fun because kids are so much fun to, to work in front of in this business. Yeah. But the adults, when they get so emotionally involved, which is good, but it's also kind of like, okay, man, you know, calm down. You know, uh, <laughs> the, the fact that, like I said, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is an Iron Man. He doesn't have a suit in his, his back pocket that he throws on and flies around the world, you know, fighting off Thanos, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But when we step in the ring or in front of that camera, it, people sometimes cannot separate that duality, that, 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 that character that is and the real life person that exists. You know, when we, when we leave that building, you know, they they still think that we are, you know, 110%. And you've been around the guys and girls in this business that kind of are all the time. Yeah. You know, their personality on TV is the person they are. But for the most part, you know, a lot of us are very different people when we leave the arena so it, it's fun it's fun it's funny and sometimes it gets a little too serious when people cannot separate those two but I, I love the fact that the wrestling fans still to this day even during this period of craziness of the business of professional wrestling are still that connected to it that they want to be emotionally involved and you know I think that's the fun part about Cody and I's story is that it's been more than just matches are a match it's been yeah. an entire story that's leading into that tnt championship that's happening on the 23rd yeah you know i want to ask you about working against cody because mm -hmm. you know he is your boss you know and do you are you able to separate that title that he that he holds with aew to be just an opponent in the ring and and, and trying to you know uh work your way to get in that you know that championship how is that that's, I mean, that's got to be hard because even when I worked with some of my other managers and higher ups, you know, you, you have to forget 
that they're the, the they're the ones who sign your check and and, and so forth. You know, it's right. it's, it's about the business and it's about dog versus dog, you know, and you're going to, and you're going to be there for the fight. Right. Yeah. And, and I, it's easy for me to separate because I'm going to separate his head from his shoulders coming on the 23rd. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> you know, there, there's a, there's a fun history there. You know, you have to respect anybody that's persevered through this business and found their own path and done their own thing. But at the same time, you know, um, there's realism behind some of the, the, the issue that is Cody and I, you know, and I've, I've said this before to other people. Um, I, I supported, like I said, I've supported AEW before AEW existed. When they first did All In uh, a couple years ago, and, you know, Matt and Nick and Cody were kind of the, the head figures behind the All In show that's ultimately led to AEW, I tweeted out my support of that. And I had no dog in that fight, as I've said before. I, I wasn't going to be a part of that show. I wasn't trying to become part of that show I was just putting out there that I saw what they were doing that first night in Chicago um, for the business of professional wrestling and I heard from the other guys I never heard from Cody there was no appreciation whatsoever so you know Jake has his issues with Cody I have my issues with Cody um, I have no problem like I said doing what I'm going to do on the 23rd becoming the first TNT champion kicking his ass and walking out and leaving him laying down there I could care less well, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you because, you know, I, I'm going to support you because I, I love you first. And of course, that, we're here. That's, that's smart. Yeah. It, you know, and you're <laughs> on my show. So I, I'm going to put the people that I want on my show to win. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the highlight of winning the, the TNT, you know, AEW championship is mm-hmm. being presented the title by Mike Tyson. Hi, Mike. That is pretty cool. I mean, I was pretty excited when I saw that advertised. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I've never, I've, I've met him when, you know, through, a, you know, with the company up North, but he's, he's like revived himself again. He's like mm-hmm. evolving. Like his workout videos make me exhausted. I mean, he's like, <laughs> like, it's, it's what's important in this business. You keep evolving and innovating yourself, you know, and right. he, this is awesome for him too, but how's that going to feel for him handing you the title? Um, I think it'll be a very proud moment for him to hand me the TNT championship. Uh, no, but all seriousness, it, it is really cool, especially because like this is come this announcement that he's going to be at the pay per view, you know, handing the TNT title to me um, is that, like you said, the videos that have just recently come out of him and him yeah. working out, him saying I'm back and, and doing what he's done. You know, he is Mike Tyson in the history of boxing. He's one of the baddest dudes, the baddest man on the planet. Um, you know, and he, he's done his parts in movies and things like that. And that was kind of what people had kind of put him off to be now, you know, the movie yeah. star that showed up and here and there in movies and, you know, he's on the, the, uh, what's the TV show, the original OG or something like that. Is that, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, that. yeah. And he's on that show and, and that's what people kind of come to recognize Mike Tyson as. And then all of a sudden he throws out this training video where he's scary good. You know, and I'm not sure how old Mike is, but you wouldn't, couldn't tell if he had no gray in that beard or shaved it off. You wouldn't know that he was the age he is. And the speed, veracity, and violent nature that he presents just in that sparring session makes you realize just how bad of a man he was, is, and probably could be, even in the sport of uh, boxing right now. And then now to be announced to be a part of, you know, AEW's Double or Nothing, it's just, it's a really cool thing. And I've never met him. I've, you know, I've seen, 
obviously I've seen him, you know, his old uh, skirmish with Shawn Michaels in the DX days and, and Steve Austin and those guys. And he, so he has a history in this business and I know he's a fan, you know, I know there was a picture of him with uh, Brandy, I think from maybe last year's double or nothing or something like that. And so, you, you know, he's a fan of the business. So it, it'd be cool to see him, like I said, handing me the title. Yeah, you know, we want to remind everyone that the Double or Nothing pay-per-view is May 23rd on Saturday, and you can find it on BR Live or Fight TV. Um, Lance, we have quite a few questions that came in from my fans, and Uh-oh. I just want to say that everyone just loves you to death. And <laughs> first, I have to say I love you too, but I am so freaking proud of you. I mean, I saw you from, you know, WWE and then just how you worked your way through New Japan. And then I see you in AEW and I see you just growing again to this next level. And what a blessing. And I'm, I'm so proud of you in in so many ways. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So let's get to these questions. Uh, Joel, this is is the scary part. (laughs) There's some good ones. I picked out some good ones. So um, Joel Daly uh, asked, I wanted to ask Lance Archer about all his tattoos and how they evolved, how they have evolved over the years, especially right. the back piece that seems to have undergone the most work. What do they mean to you? Um, a lot of my ink has, is, has become a part of my faith. Um, you know, I have uh, Jeremiah twenty one twelve and Jeremiah sixteen nineteen written down the backs of my arms. I have revelations four written around one of my legs that, you know, nobody ever sees because my boots are covering up. Um, the, the back piece has evolved itself. You know, I, I had what a lot of people referred to as, uh, uh, I said they would say it wrong cause I always called it my champ stamp. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it, was, it was an original drawing that I did way back in the day in college and then had it put on my back and it just so happened to be in a position that, uh, you know, become, has become infamous with tattoos and, and, uh, young sorority girls. <laughs> um, but you know, and then I added the big cross uh, uh, on the center of my back. And, and then, you know, I decided to change the lower piece. And ultimately, it's become the scene from Calvary, you know, the, the crucifixion scene, being that the, the center cross represents Jesus and the, the celebration and the, of his uh, death and resurrection. And then obviously the other two crosses with the, the thieves on the sides of him. And that's kind of what it represents. And now with my hair not just being all over my back when I had just the full head of long hair uh you couldn't really see it and then now you know with the murder hawk it's uh it's a lot more visible it it looks great that's awesome okay our next one delivery j asked how is the aew locker room different compared to the vibe of other places oh hi sweetheart this is buster boy oh my goodness you're a cutie I see him all over your Instagram. (laughs) He's gonna gonna kick your ass one day. You know that, right? He usually does. When I'm dead asleep, he just (laughs) dive on me and attack me, and then I'm like, "Okay, I'm away." Sorry, (laughs) I missed that question. You're gonna have to ask again. Delivery J wants to ask, "What's the vibe in AEW locker room compared to other places you've been?" Delivery J, that's been, you know, when we're asking, or people have asked, you know, why I made the decision to come to AEW, and there were a lot of friends, like I said, when you came to Dallas and I came and visited everybody, there were a lot of friends that I just came to hang out and visit, and even at that time, when I wasn't a part of the company, I was never treated as I shouldn't be there, 
You know, there was never an awkward vibe. There was never a, oh man, why are you here? I didn't, you know, if, if I got side eyes, I didn't see them because, you know, my friends and the people I talked to and whatnot were absolutely inviting and accepting of me being there. And it was a fun time. It was yeah, a fun and that, time. that's been one of the coolest parts about being there. And, and part of making that decision were the friends that I did have there and just speaking to them. Because like I said, it took me a good amount of time to make that decision. You know, I talked to family, I prayed, and I talked to my friends that were a part of the company. And there was not one person. And I, I knew people that would have told me the truth and gone, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to be working, but this place, ah. and nobody ever said that. Nobody ever presented it that way. It was always like, bro, this is one of the coolest places I've ever been. The people here are great. They care. They communicate. You know, uh, obviously, it's providing a, a financial stability that you didn't really exist around the business other than one place. It, just the positives over and over and over from people that I knew and trusted uh, is what made it cool. And then coming into the company, I mean, there's always new guy, like what's this guy about? What's he doing? How's he going to be? The people I knew were already like, Oh, that's Lance. He's cool. But there were people that didn't know me and were probably like, is he really? And it, it's been, it's been nothing but cool. It's been nothing but good. You, you know what the, the vibe that I loved when I was back there um, at AEW was that you saw Tony Khan, Brandy, Cody, all the agents, they were in the hallway right. sitting at a table where all the superstars could go and just, they, they were available to talk to anyone that won their right. advice. And that is something that I was just like, I have never seen this before. And in, in my experience being part of a company that yeah. you, had to, you had to knock on the door and wait 20 people back in line. And then yeah. they would decide if they want to talk to you or not. And yeah. I just thought what a great uh, relationship that they're showing the superstars in the roster that, Hey, it's, it's TV day. I'm here for you. What, come, come at me and give me your questions. I thought, what a, what a, a different light it is on a TV day because I thought, this is, this is freaking cool. And I love that. I, I just, I was attracted to that so much and, and they, and people were making themselves available and, and the superstars were able to just sit there and, and just talk about things. And I thought this is how it should be all the time. Oh yeah. Look, cool story about Tony was, you know, I mean, he, he, he is who he is. Yeah. And you know, our, our time in the business, like you said, you kind of are, you go and you shake everybody's hands and you say hello and you do your thing. But you're also a little like, especially for certain people, you kind of step back and you go, mm, okay, maybe I'll leave them be. I'll, I'll, I'll let yeah. them do whatever. And so I went to their catering in Dallas and like, I didn't even see him. And all of a sudden Tony was right there. He was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm Tony, you're Lance, blah, blah, blah. And like, he already knew me. He already knew what I was about. And he was absolutely cool and friendly. And we chit chatted cool. for a bit. Like it wasn't a, a tense situation whatsoever. If there had been any tension, he completely deflected that and it was gone within two seconds and it was a really cool moment just to have a talk with him a guy that I wasn't in his company at the time and I was in essence an outsider hanging out or whatever you want to say and he was absolutely just his personality his presentation how he approached me absolutely inviting and I there was no stress like I didn't have to go search him out, find his office, ask somebody if I could even knock on his door to talk to him or anything of that nature. He was just, like you said, he was there. He was in catering. He came up to me. We talked. It was a great talk. It was a great moment. And, you know, nothing, an absolute but respect for that man because just because of that. Like I'm anything else is just, you know, icing on the cake because of yeah. the way he presented himself. He presented himself as a human being and as a man 
and absolutely complete respect because of that. Yeah, I agree with you totally. Okay. He better not get in the, he better not get in the ring though. I'll kick his ass too. <laughs> you know, I think I'd be more afraid of him than Marco Stunt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another one from Vishad Reddy. He asked, "You tweeted about wanting to see the Snyder cut of Justice League, and that's awesome." <laughs> So I wanted to ask, what do you love about Zack Snyder's Man of Steel and Batman versus Spy uh, Superman, especially since the latter, unfairly in my opinion, gets a ton of crap from people? Um, you know what? I, I loved Batman versus Superman. And, you know, Justice League, I still very much enjoyed it. But I like the darker aspects of, like, superhero movies and comic book movies and things like that. Um, don't get me wrong. I very much enjoy the, the Marvel movies and things like that. But like, to me, sometimes the Marvel movies can get too happy go lucky yeah. too, you know, goofy and saying it's like, it'll just be the wrong time. And they'll have to interject some sense of humor that I'm just like, yeah, that wasn't the, you're destroying the world right now. That little <laughs> quick, that little quick quip of, of comedy wasn't even necessary. And I think, I think I enjoyed that mostly in Batman versus Superman is it was very true to the comics. It was very true to the stories. Uh, and it, like I said, I liked that darker nature to it. Um, you know, justice league, like I said, I still enjoyed it, but I felt like, you know, you know, and unfortunately Zach had to step aside, you know, because of the death in his family, his daughter and whatnot. Um, you know, and then they brought in, uh, Whedon who, who took over, but I think the pressure of the Marvel universe, which was just, destroying every other movie that existed in in any genre you know in the box office there was there was pressure to kind of follow that format and i think the justice league movie that we got was good but they kind of lightened it up too much for me you know and i don't know how much different the Zack snyder cut would have been but i think there were a lot of element elements like in batman versus superman you know, in the dream scenes where Batman's seeing the world and, and the apocalyptic nature and the chaos that it was and the, the flashpoint uh, moment where Flash came through and was like, oh, my God, it hadn't happened yet. Don't trust him. Talking about Superman, <laughs> Superman, you know, just going all out and just straight killing people and pulling out the heart of Batman and things like that. And Batman versus Superman were elements that I was hoping would be a part of Justice League. Um, but, you know, it was what it was. Like, I loved Aquaman. I thought the guy that, uh, I can't remember his name, that did Aquaman, I thought he did a great job. Um, but, you know, it's an unfortunate time. Oh, Jason I, Momoa. Yeah, Jason. Not just, I'm talking about the director. I mean, Oh, the, the director. Yeah, oh. yeah, Jason Momoa, I think, is great. I think that dude's cool as cool can be. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and it, it I just wish for the Snyder cut that would have existed for Justice League, it would have been more dark. It would have been more vicious. It would have been more to the comic book nature rather than the happy-go-lucky, you know, Aquaman sitting on, a, even though I laughed, Aquaman sitting on, you know, Wonder Woman's uh, uh, lasso of truth and, and, you know, making comments about Wonder Woman and all that. I thought it was funny, but I was like, ah, you know, okay. Too much. Yeah, too much. <laughs> okay, here's the last question for you from Patricia Spears. Okay. What inspired the murder hawk look? Ah, Patricia, what's up? Um, you know, it was one of those things. Uh, so I've been in New Japan again for eight plus years at this point and kind of had the exact same image I'd had the whole time. You know, I uh, when we were there in WWE, I, they, they chopped my hair and shaved my face and, and kind of made me big guy number three. 
Um, and then from that point on, I was trying to find my own identity and then going back onto the independent scene and into new Japan, I'd already grown my hair out some, but I'd kind of kept the same image and same personality. And I'd been known as a tag team guy with Harry Smith. Um, and so when I was presented the opportunity to be in the G1 climax this last year, um, especially with how much new Japan had grown at that point, how many eyes were on the company, how many more people were paying attention to the G1, the fact that the G1 was going to be in Dallas, Texas, my backyard, yeah. uh, on live on access TV. So the American audience were going to get to see it. It was the first time this tournament had ever been done outside the, the uh, outside of Japan. There were so many firsts and so many opportunities that were being presented all at one time that I just decided to change everything I possibly could to kind of reinvent myself and the whole murder hawk, image and look and persona and mentality kind of just fell into place with that because I was like, all right, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. And nobody had ever seen me with a haircut like that. And in the original envisionment of it was a much more poofed up version. Hold on. I think there's a, there's a, I don't know if you can see it. Let me see if I can get it in the frame. Ha ha ha. No, no, no. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah. That's a drawing somebody did. And that was kind of more the original version. It was this big poofed up crazy looking Mohawk Mohawk thing. And then uh, as the tournament went on, like, so the, the guy that the little story behind that, the, the hairdresser that helped me create the look in Dallas, um, he was at the show in Dallas. So I couldn't get the hair to do what he'd done. And so I, I called him and brought him backstage and then he was able to make it look right. But then we went to Japan and I was left on my own and I oh, couldn't yeah. get it. I couldn't get it to do it. Like I was messaging with him and he's giving me tips and advice on how to do this. And it was, it was horrible. So um, there was a, a Japanese fan friend hairdresser and I asked her, I was like, can you do like a, a, a French braid so that it just stays the centerpiece? And she's like, yeah, I can. So I brought her backstage at one of the shows and she braided me up and I loved it. Um, and then, you know, it, I decided to get some extra hair and, and add some pieces and make it just crazier and longer. And, you know, this is the business of professional wrestling. Everything is, you know, done to a hundred percent, you know? Uh, and so I went overboard with it and I'm having fun with it. You know, and either, people, either people love it or they hate it. One of the two, you know, one guy was like, Hey Cody, cut that damn thing off. And then he was like, can I cut it? And I was like, get out of here. You know? so, <laughs> I love it. I think it looks I, great on TV. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we just want to remind everyone that Double or Nothing is on May 23rd. Um, yep. Saturday, you can find it on BR Live or Fight TV. Um, yep. And it's going to be Lance Archer versus Cody Rhodes. I'm, yep. I'm waiting for you, friend. <laughs> I'm going to be watching you. That's, that's the smart money. If we were in Vegas, I'd say bet on me. Yeah, I wish it was in Vegas. That'd be a lot I of know. fun. Yeah. I, I, I have a question I to end my, my show with, with all my okay. guests. And this one was really special to ask you. Um, if someone asked to be your apprentice and learn all that you know, what would you teach them? Ooh, we're talking wrestling wise? Uh, I would say personally, because you, you're such a, a role model and okay. a gentleman. So however you want to have that apprentice, whatever you want him to learn for that little bit of time, what would you teach okay. him? You know, for me, it would be one of those things where I'm trying to teach that person to a be understanding and respectful of people that are around you, understand where the world is at, but 
also don't let the world or anything around you control you and your dreams. Uh, always look for ways to move forward, find peace in faith, um, and, and, and don't ever give up on anything. I think this world today, unfortunately, is too quick and too easy to forget something or give something up or, or change their mind and whatnot. And as somebody who's been chasing this crazy dream of professional wrestling for 20 years, and it's, you know, it's led me on a lot of different paths and a lot of different companies. And like I said, I've heard a lot more no's than I've ever heard yeses. I've been fired from the biggest, best companies in the world. And now I'm with, with the biggest, best company in the world. Um, is to is that never give up attitude, you know, because if you if you let the world around you control your mentality and the fears that others have control your future, you'll never get anywhere. So don't let others fears control your future. Always push forward. Always look for a new path. And like that age old mantra, never give up. Gosh, Lance, I, I just admire you so much and I love you to pieces. And I'm so thank you where you're your career is today and I just I'm looking forward to seeing you do so much more with AEW and I'll be rooting for you on the 23rd of May thank I you. I am so I just send you so many blessings and I'm so happy for you thank you I'm, I'm waiting for my my salsa so I can put it on my eggs in the morning yeah you know what I'm gonna get your I'm gonna get your address on the email and we're, we're I'm gonna make that happen because I'm in Houston you're in Dallas so it was only a drive for me to go to the the show to see you yeah. So it'll just be a quick fly, a quick, you know, package delivery. And you'll have, yep. I'll, I'll make you work for that salsa because it's going to make you run around the house. Cause it'll be so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll film it for you. Just, just so you see. Oh, good. I, I'm really proud of my salsa. That goes back from like Eddie's mom that taught me how to make salsa. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy it. That's that scares me and excites me all at the same time. <laughs> I love you to pieces. Thank you. Love Lance. you too, girl. And good luck and God bless you. Thank you. God bless, girl. Bye. 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 Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast platform. Check out our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash excuse me, Vicky, or follow me on Twitter and Instagram and email us at excusemevicky at outlook.com with questions or comments. Until next time, excuse me!